1: If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. This is another of our popular listeners' choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Our guest today is Heather Ludquist. She started off as a show rider, went on to dressage, now as a dressage coach, trainer and judge, but she also specializes in teaching children at her busy riding school in Blewett Springs. How are you, Heather?
0: I'm well, thank you.
1: Now, I know you've listened to a couple of interviews. So what about your favourite quote? Have you got one for us?
0: Mine would have to be, the horse is only as good as its rider. The reason for that is it's so often that you hear riders say, oh, he won't do this or he won't do that or he can't do this. And it's easy for riders to blame the horse for their mistakes. Instead, if they analyse themselves, they can fix the problem. A lot of the time
1: yes yes so they become instead of being having passengers they actually become riders to teach the horse right. if the horse doesn't know yeah now Heather I know that you know you're, you're full of your life's full of horses now and you've started off your son with horses but how did you actually start with horses are you from a horse family
0: no I was horse mad from the age of three <laughs> in a very non-horsey family that lived in a city and my parents bought some land and I started lessons at five um, and allowed to get my first pony when I was seven, which was a $300 pony that was a little naughty. My first memories would be riding my pony around the block with my mum following behind in the car to make sure that I got home safely. And then later on progressing to riding to Pony Club, which was
1: seven kilometres away because we didn't have a float. And did you ride by yourself? Was there anyone else nearby yes. you would ride with?
0: No, back then it wasn't a very big area and there weren't, we didn't have close neighbours, little mm-hmm. alone neighbours that had horses. So mainly, mainly by ourselves.
1: Okay, okay. It's the sort of thing I often do interviews and people tell me how they started with horses and some of the things they did and they do cringe, you know, because now you think letting a seven-year-old, you know, a young child ride seven kilometres to Pony Club by themselves, you know, and you think of all the risks, but when you're not yes. aware of the risks, I think You know, This is when um, things just happen because people aren't aware of what can happen.
0: That's right. You wouldn't do it now with the traffic on the road, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm, For sure. Now, do you have people working for you at your centre?
0: No. um, You do do it all all yourself?
1: Okay. Yes. If you were going to have someone who was working for you, what would you look for or if someone's going to talk to you about working with horses – and having a career with horses, what are the core skills and character traits that you think that they need?
0: I think, first of all, you need to be very passionate Mm -hmm. and very dedicated, and you need to be an extremely hard worker because the hours are very long. Okay. So you have to really, really like what you do.
1: Yep, yep. All right. Now, when you started with horses, did you go from school straight into horses? What was the progression there?
0: No, I just come back from doing the Wimmera circuit in Victoria with Jill Rolton. Yep. And when I came back, begged my parents to let me leave school and they said, you can only leave if you have a job. And then a client of Jill said, we'll gladly have you. If you want to work, ride our horses for us and help us with our show team. Yep. So that's what I did for a little while. Um, It didn't pay very well. So then I found myself having to then get an office job to pay for my horses.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's
0: how it started.
1: Okay, okay. What do you think about working in the horse industry now, working with horses? What do you think is the best thing about working with horses?
0: I think the best thing is being able to help riders and then watch them develop into better riders and have more understanding of their own horses.
1: Okay, yep. Now, I'm sure Jill would have been a great inspiration there. Have you got any stories about any times with Jill?
0: There were plenty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was never dull, that's for sure.
1: Tell us one incident or, you know, tell us a couple of things that happened while you were with her.
0: Well, I used to ride and compete on her horses. So every weekend I would be staying there. So I was with there at any given time that I possibly could. Yep. We used to travel around the country to shows and royal shows. One that does come to mind was leaving Bordertown show, coming home. I think we were coming back from Melbourne Royal. The tailgate of the float had come down yeah. while we were driving and people had been going past beeping and flashing their lights trying to tell her that something was wrong yep. and we just kept driving and she thought they were picking her driving until <laughs> a policeman stopped and pulled us over and we realised we'd been going along with the tailgate down.
1: Oh, no. So that, oh, no.
0: <laughs> that would have to be one of the things that I will always remember because um, that was a bit scary.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, for sure.
0: Horses for sure. were fine.
1: Yep. What about uh, other people? Has there been anyone else who you think has had a, an influence or a strong influence on your life?
0: Um, I've done lots of clinics over the years. Leslie Taylor, I did a bit of dressage with her when she was in South Australia. Yep. Um, I've done clinics with Clement Dirk and the other people that come to South Australia clinics. We get quite a few come over here. But I think a lot of people across the board have helped me along the way. Um, Jill is probably the one that got me started and got me started into teaching.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. And what about with Leslie? Has is it, is it been, what do you think you learned the most from her?
0: I probably learned with Leslie that everything does need to be perfect for progression mm-hmm. and just keep at it. If it doesn't work, just keep at it and then eventually it will work.
1: Good, good. Now, what about horses? Have you had a particular horse that's influenced you and helped you or a couple or, you know, do you want to pull one out and tell us about them?
0: Well, there's probably been a few. Mm-hmm. I used to break in quite a few horses and ponies over the years. So I think that you learn something new from each and every one of those horses. Yep. But probably the main horse that comes to mind would be Heatherton Park Tortilla, which is home stable name was 50. That was my son's first F.E.I. horse and he really helped me better to understand the F.E.I. movement.
1: Okay. So he'd
0: probably be the main one. We've had many horses over the years that have gone to all different levels, but he could be sometimes a little tricky and he was a good teacher, I think.
1: (laughs) Do you think that him going F.E.I. and particularly with your son riding, do you think that's your proudest moment or is there something else you'd say has been your proudest moment?
0: No, I think that would probably have to be my proudest moment. Mm-hmm. He won the CDIY at the Dressage with the start in 2007. Yep. So that was a very proud moment for me. Also another student of mine, Tara Lloyd, she's got two ponies now at St George and I've been teaching her since breaking in stage. So oh, that's that, right. that's all. I'm fairly proud of them as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What about a biggest challenge? What do you think has been your biggest challenge in your career?
0: That would have to be not having enough hours in the day.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. What well, I was going to say, when you actually had to sort of give it up on a, a on a temporary basis and go and get an office job rather than continuing full-time, what did you do to get back into it full-time, though?
0: Um, I ended up going overseas um, yep. and travelling, and I did some time at Christopher Bartle, Yorkshire Writing Centre. Okay, yep. And then when I came back from there, I just started getting people calling for lessons and that's really how it started. And then once it started, I just got busier and busier and then it just
1: fell into place. Tell us about Christopher Bartles, about, you know, just an incident that happened or something that you learned from there, you know, just to give us a bit of an insight into your time there.
0: Yes, that was fantastic. Great learning experience. It was very, very hard work. and being there with lots of other students. Um, I think riding lots of different horses. When I was there, he was preparing for the Olympics mm-hmm. with Wiley Trapp. Yep. So just watching him ride and, and being sort of on board around that era was really, really good.
1: Stop, I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download so if you work in the horse industry if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career with over 100 jobs to choose from you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Have you got a particular incident that you'd like to tell us about, you know, something that happened one day that you think that you'll always remember about your time there? Um,
0: yes, probably a horse going over across cross-country jump and then trying to bolt off on the other side. Oh, no. um, And that was a new new horse to the school. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't really used him that much. And I think after that they decided that maybe he wasn't a horse to use in the riding school and I think he was sold on. But that probably was the main main memory there. Oh, and I did a little bit of vaulting there as well.
1: Okay. So that okay. was something
0: I'd never done before. So that okay. was
1: also... And and when you say I'm just going back to the cross country horse and the horse bolting on the other side, was that you riding at that time? Or Christopher yeah, Riding? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But um probably not the best horse to ride in the school, to keep in the school then. No. Mm. <laughs> I don't think. Okay. Now you're saying about not enough hours in the day as well. How do you manage it? Have you got time management tips for people? Because everyone's gonna have that same problem, but you know, it's it's sort of overcoming these challenges and and helping you get better organised and helping you being able to fit things into the day. So for someone else that says, look, I just can't fit it all in, I'm busy, what sort of tips would you give them?
0: I think you just have to when you work for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So we start here at six in the morning. We're out feeding stables, cleaning yards, doing rugs. I usually start teaching at 8.30 in the morning. Um, Some days it's block a block all day. And I'm usually not inside until nine thirty at night, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you just have to be very organised, yep, and be onto everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sort of going down the street to the cafe or anything like that. It's just quick work. But I think once you get into that routine, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's quite an easy thing to follow. Okay, so hard work okay. is probably the best thing. And yes, you have to be very organised.
1: So, getting your day organised before you start is yes. probably a good one.
0: Yes, and keeping to a
1: routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, that's good. That's good. And the other thing is, too, that like you talk about the long hours, but if you'd have had working in another job but still had your own horses at home, you're still doing long hours because you're getting up at six, you're feeding your horses or riding before you go to work or, you know, and then working all day and then coming home and still doing horses. So, it's either staying and working with the horses all day or going off and doing another job.
0: That's right, exactly.
1: It's quite similar. Yep. Okay, good. Now, just thinking about, because you teach a lot of kids, how do you think, you know, it's really important for kids to get, first of all, to keep them safe, you know, so that they have got the confidence to go on and ride, but also to keep them interested and involved in their riding. So have you got any tips for that to keep kids interested and involved? but also keeping them safe at the same time?
0: I think it's teaching them about horse awareness, first of all, Mm -hmm. so that they are aware of the safety issues with the horse and they, they start to learn how a horse thinks. That's really, really important. With riding, just lots of building their confidence, doing a little bit of fun stuff, but still attention of the basics so that they learn properly and they have the skills to then go into whatever discipline they they would like to go into a lot of the i teach a lot of children with their own horses that go to pony club and compete but i teach a lot of children that will never ever have their own horse and they coming and riding with me once or twice a week that's them having a horse so i think those sort of things are really good for building their confidence Um, and they have the horse here when they come for lessons they have to tack up and for imagine and, and treat it a little bit like it's their
1: own yes yes they're still learning all those skills that they need to learn yeah. as well yeah otherwise it's too much of a big shock when they get their own horse you know if they've always they, come right. just for lessons and then all of a sudden they've got their own horse and they don't know how to saddle and they don't know how to feed and they don't know how to do all the extra stuff that's right and there's lots yeah. of that <laughs> yeah what about marketing? How do you think is the best way to market to kids? Do you market to the kids? Do you market to the parents, to the schools? What's your best way of doing that or is it just all word of mouth?
0: Here it's just all word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't advertise at all and we're full all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think probably a, a good way if you wanted to build your business would be maybe through the schools Yep, or even the local pony club. Because there's always children there that need a hand and just that little bit of expert advice.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, now Heather, have you got a book that you could recommend to our listeners? Something that could um, complement their training?
0: Um, I like Jill Roldan's Free Reign. It's
1: inspirational, it's good, isn't it? yeah, and yeah. it's
0: a great insight to a writer's world, which is full of ups and downs.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, were well, you mentioned in the book?
0: Uh, now I can't remember. It was a long
1: time ago I read it, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She did talk about a lot of people and a lot of incidences, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, now what are you looking forward to at the moment? You've got a, a young horse for your son that you're bringing on? Yes. Well,
0: mm. he can now, and we call him Wally.
1: Well, how old's your son?
0: Oh, uh, he's 23 now.
1: Okay, yep.
0: And he's just about ready to start advanced, then we're preparing him for FEI.
1: Okay, good. good.
0: So we're quite excited (laughs) with that. (laughs)
1: Okay, okay. Now, Heather, can you summarise your philosophy with horses into a message for our listeners?
0: I think keep it simple. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be difficult. And be very open-minded when you're working with horses. If something's not working, try something different. Don't get stuck on one thing if it's not going to plan.
1: Okay, Okay, no, that's good. That's good. All right, so how can people contact you?
0: Um, We have a Facebook page, Windermere Lodge Equestrian Centre, or my email is ridinginstructor at bigpond.com.au, or my mobile is 413
1: And those will be on your page at Horse Chats, which will be Chats slash Heather Lundquist, or else just go to horsechats.com and search for Heather, and you'll find those contact details as well, just in case you've missed them. Thank you for talking to us today. I think, uh, yeah, I think good. I think good about the tips for the horses. Interesting to know just about some tips about, um, you know, your time with Christopher and your time with Jill, and, um, you know, for all those people that have ever driven along with the tailgate down on their float, you know, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it can, can happen. can happen. You've just got Not to pull up. Bit. Yeah, and if people are driving along the road pulling faces and making fun of you, you know, maybe you've got to pull over and they're not just making fun of you <laughs> driving. <laughs> All right.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, okay. All right, thanks, Heather. Good to talk to you. Terrific. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Okay, thank,
0: thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe.